Kiss me, fat boy. 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 Warning: The following podcast contains explicit language and themes. It also contains subject matter that may be triggering for some individuals. So please proceed with caution and not intended for sensitive individuals and those that are younger. So adults only, please. And this podcast is full of spoilers for the name works of this podcast by Mr. Stephen King. And he has tons of cross-references in all his books, so those will also be discussed. So please at least watch or listen to the uh, book or the movie or whatever that we're talking about in this podcast before um, proceeding. You've been warned. Also, we're not affiliated with Mr. King on any level or in any way. We're just, this is a fan book club podcast. And we are also, um, the opinions expressed on this podcast are only those of the person who says it and not necessarily those of a host or a sponsor or a third party, anybody else, okay? Um, welcome to the podcast. This is Raina here today. You got me again on a solo. I wanted to get Mike on it, but honestly, Mike has been working like a gazillion hours and I just wanted to go ahead and just go forward with this one and when I talked to him about it he hasn't read or heard or watched anything to do with this but um I'm going to save that let me just tell you about the story card for the next installment of um the tower series okay so it's just me today but before I get started I want to play a commercial I made um, for this podcast, okay? And I just want to know if you guys could give me some feedback, if you like it or not. I have some friends that might put it on for um, to help me out. I'm not really doing this for money. This is just a hobby that I do. To, um, this helps me deal with my anxiety and panic attacks is, is reading and doing this podcast really helps me with that. Um, I, you know, I don't need money, honey, from, so that's not why I'm doing this. Okay. So I'm going to to listen to this, and I want feedback. It is kissmefabboypodcast at gmail.com. If you have any concerns or questions about anything at all, also look us up on TikTok. It's kissmefatboypodcastsk, I believe. And then um, we're on Twitter under, my original name was B-E-B-O-W forever. So I'm not sure if that's still in there, or you can look up Kiss Me Fat Boy podcast um, and look for my picture. It's uh, not my picture personally, but the logo of this podcast, because there's another podcast with the same name, but um, ours is about Stephen King. So just, and we're we're nobody. These guys are popular. Um, I'm not trying to, I didn't even know they existed when I set this up, so I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. But anyway, just look us up. We're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. Um, TikTok, and I do not have Instagram or anything like that. But anyway, so listen to this uh, commercial and tell me what you think. Do you like to read Stephen King? Do you like his books? Do you like his movies? Do you like the weird miniseries and from the eighties and nineties? Do you like the new streaming stuff? Well, if that's you, then you are our people. Come join us for Kiss Me, Fat Boy, a Stephen King book club podcast. Where we analyze the issues and look at wonderful things such as... Everybody believes the government hired Stanley Kubrick because he did such a good job with 2001 A Space Odyssey to shoot 
the moon landing. Let me be clear. This is a Stephen King book club, not a Stephen King fan club. So we don't let them off the hook if we don't think it's good. So you might hear things like... So basically, uh, the movie goes in a complete different direction. It was not good. Don't get me wrong. We love his work. He was a big part of our childhood and stuff like... Wait, stop. Hold on. Before you finish, are you saying that Stephen King is a flat earther? So please join us if you think this might be your thing where we discuss the deep issues and say things like... And then it's turtles all the way down. But be warned, it's full of spoilers, so you know what you're getting into. As Steve has said so astutely. Spoiler review. I mean, we told you the whole story, but you knew going into this, so get over it. So check out our podcast, Kiss Me Fat Boy, a Stephen King book club podcast available on all podcasting platforms. Okay, so that's it. I made it. I did it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to change it. I would like some feedback, considering that I'm just me and I'm not going to change it. I don't even know why I decided to put it on there. I just thought, oh, well, there it goes. Anyway, um, if you would like, uh, if you have a podcast and you actually are listening to this and you want to get a hold of that commercial, we can arrange it. Obviously, I'm not going to pay anybody to put my commercial on there, but I could put your commercial on my podcast for free, like a, you know, like a bartering system. But anyway, I'm not really just, I just want to get the creativity out there. You know, I love to write, and um, the whole reason why I wanted to be a writer since a kid was because of Stephen King's inspiration. So, um, and this one I'm doing today was one of the few weird movies I saw as a kid and um, thought, wow, this is very strange. So today we're going to do the dark half. We're going to do the book first, and I saw the movie as a kid, and I don't recall exactly what was on it. I just remember him being a writer. I feel like there was a typewriter in the movie, not so I, not um, a computer or anything. But anyway, and so I went and visited this book because I wanted to see the, this is um, the origin story of Alan Pangborn. Okay, so I wanted to go back because I really love Needful Things. It's like one of my favorite books. A lot of people hate it, but I love that book. But I don't like the way Alan's been done lately. So let's uh, just kind of break it down. So first, Alan was in Needful Things, and he had, you know, he was there. Secondly, he uh, was mentioned in like a little snippet he was mentioned in a novella by Stephen King um, called The Sun Dog. And Pop Merrill was there. He was still alive and he had his shop. So this was before Needful Things. And he had looked outside and saw Alan and Polly kind of canoodling together. And, you know, so this might have been a few days before Leland Gaunt showed up. It could have been his store that he took over, or it could have been a different store. I'm not going to look that up for reference. Sorry, I'm not going to do that one today. But if you do know that, let me know. Um, Okay, so the other time that Alan was really done done wrong on this one, okay? The other time he was mentioned was uh, in the Castle Rock Season 1 show on Hulu. It's an alternate universe version of him, and he is just... A horrible person. He's a he's just a dirty dog. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. 
Um, and he never got with Polly or whatever. He's in. He ends up with this other lady, having this um, secret relationship with her, an, uh, an adulterous affair, and then um, doing everything he can to get rid of just the memory of her ex. And that's it's just a whole thing. You have to go. We, I have a listening party on that. Either I've, I've released it or I'm going to release it. I haven't finished uh, season two at this point. But anyway, so I wanted to just talk about um, that. So I want, I love Alan's character, and I wanted to kind of see as much of him as I could. So I kind of I visited this book, and in the book, he's just not what I thought he would be. He's not bad, but he's not this, like... Well, first of all, the um, he started kind of diddling with his children are still alive. Mandela effect. I thought he only had one kid that died, so I'm very confused about that. I, mean, I guess I could Wikipedia it up, but I mean this is a book club, so I'm trying to be like as real as I can, you know. So um, I might look it up in a second. But in in this book, he has two little boys and a wife, and the wife starts is talking about her headaches. Okay, we know what happens with that, but. In Needful Things, there was that one kid that was in the car with her, and they both died. Um, so, And that was the mystery that Leland Gaunt was able to hold over um, Alan's head and get him his Needful Thing, was that he needed to know what really happened. But anyway, so um, in this one, Alan's just kind of starting to mess with magic a little bit. Um, he also is thinking about his kids a lot, his wife. And he is pursuing uh, this case. He doesn't really have jurisdiction to pursue this case the whole time because he um, because it, it's, it spans over several states and the FBI should be involved. But Alan's being persistent because Castle Rock is involved and he just doesn't want, you know, he's protecting his town, which is very much in his original character framework. I guess Stephen King said, I really like this character, and I want to expand on him, and he put him in Needful Things, and he gave him a lot more info and everything. But, um, so this story, let's begin the whole synopsis, okay? You ready? The Dark Half was published in 1999, right before uh, Halloween. I wonder if he does that a lot. Uh, there's 431 pages. It was an easy read. Um, it was as easy read as in it wasn't too difficult to follow, but I did not like this book at all. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. So, um, I think that he had based this story on the fact that he had writ written, if you're a Stephen King fan or if you're new to this, Stephen King had written a bunch of books under a pseudonym called Rich Richard Bachman during the 70s and 80s. Um, they're more darker, and they tend to be cynical and kind of antisocial. Um, most famously is The Rage, which is um, about a school shooting that he removed from publication. So now it, it reserves this um, kind of banned book uh, cult status where people are selling the original book or the first edition book for like five, dollars $6,000 on eBay and places like that. Um, you can get your hands on on it, um, but it's hard to get your hands on it for less than a hundred bucks. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so I think he was inspired by that because he was he had Stephen King thing going, and he was already dark, but he went way antisocial with uh, with Richard. Um, 
I've only read The Rage, so I haven't gone and done The de- Desperation or The Regulators. I'll do that later. Um, it's very interesting, you know. Um, but also, uh, I think this was his way of saying goodbye to Richard Buckman because um, this is the whole story is that um, Thad Beaumont is an author, okay, and he's a recovering alcoholic. See, this sounds a lot like Stephen King. It's obviously not him literally, but it's like the issues that he's going through in that time in his life, which we're okay with that. If you don't like people writing about what they are, then you shouldn't listen to Stephen King. Uh, every book he has has some kind of writer in it, pretty much. Okay, so to this story, it starts out with Thad Beaumont, who is the protagonist in this book. He is an author and a recovering alcoholic, and he lives in a place called Ludlow, Maine. He has decided to come out of the closet as this George Stark pseudonym. Now, George Stark was writing successfully, and no one liked Thad's books. Thad was more of a cerebral literary fiction type of guy. You know, he's wanting to do the, the, you know, the highfalutin stuff that they teach in colleges. But nobody wanted to buy that. Nobody wanted to pay for that, and no publisher would give them give him the chance so he ends up going for this George Stark persona and writing these pulp trash novels and they're just like slasher films on paper okay so he you know there's this they're basically high crime you know novels and there's this uh, psychopath killer named Alex Alexis machine and it's just really really bad so what happens is is that he wants to basically put that alter ego. He has made enough money to where he can focus on his craft as he sees fit. And he comes out of the closet pretty much and says, yeah, this is me, but I'm retiring this, this type of genre. And I'm retiring this name. I'm no longer going to do it. Because it turns out that he was being blackmailed uh Somebody had found out, and they tried to blackmail him, saying, I'm going to tell everybody who you really are if you don't give me some money. So, which is really weird that, I guess, the the books must have been really, really gross and dark, especially at that time. Now we have all these, like, human centipede, everybody's a cannibal, the purge-type uh, society. So, at that time, it was just appreciate that it was a little bit more crazy to have these slasher extreme torture razor blade type books it's not it's not what people did back then okay i know you kiddies don't understand but anyway so people magazine contacts them and through his publicist it's their idea to um they basically do a prop piece for him showing him burying uh, a fake tombstone burying uh his uh, alter ego and it's no big deal right George Stark is, is gone by George Stark. Um, so it isn't think anything of it. But in the early part of the book, the very beginning of the book, it talks about him being a child with migraine headaches. And he had a seizure, and they went to the doctor. And it turns out the neurologist had to go in there. And when he went in there, he found in his brain... Um, a little tumor, and the tumor opened. It was had an eyeball, and the eyeball op- opened, 
and they're like, oh, my goodness. And, of course, everybody's freaking out and passing out and everything. And the doctor just laughs about it. He's like, ha, 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 look at that. This is his twin. He was a twin, and he did not ingest him completely. So we're going to take this little tumor, which is really a person, uh, out of him. We're not going to tell the parents or anybody. They don't need to know about this. We'll just tell them it was a tumor. We don't need to, you know, traumatize them further. Because I don't know if this is still done in in medicine. But back then, they just didn't tell you a lot of things. Uh, I'm not going to say gaslit you, but I just think they felt like they didn't want to get too deep if something weird happened as long as the results were good they they would hide things from patients or do things like tell the husband what's really going on with the wife and not tell the wife that kind of stuff so um you know that's very possible especially if he was born in the 50s so he'd be a child in the 60s that makes sense that they would do something like that but anyway so it's not even on the records that he had a twin so no one ever knows he had a twin he doesn't know he had a twin but he just knows that he was a frustrated writer, could not get any further in his career, and all of a sudden he just started feeling like he wanted to write. And he hand-wrote all these books, and I think he, sm- he smoked, I think it was Pell Mells, or Pall Malls, I don't know how he said it. He smoked a certain type of cigarette, and he would just sit there and write, hand-write these books. And as himself, George Stark would hand-write these books, but as Thad, he would always use the typewriter or the computer so it was, it was distinct, two distinct personalities. So after a weird incident happens, the day after that little photo shoot or whatever, they call from the cemetery saying, look like somebody clawed their way out of the fake grave, and there's like a trail. It's very strange, but they don't think anything of it. They think it's just a hoax or a joke or whatever. So that's like the beginning of it. So slowly but surely, uh, and I just, one thing that was hard for me to buy was how that um, George could have his whole, like a whole body. I know Stephen King does this a lot where the people are so creative, they create a person and that person lives. But this guy, he had, he didn't look, he was nothing like, he looked nothing like uh, George. He could have been his brother, I suppose. And so the implication is that this alter ego is his twin that was um, removed from him physically, but not spiritually, maybe. And they had, a, and they, and so there's always birds, like these dark uh, birds that are flying around. And he would hear the sound, and then he would get the headaches, and he would go in and out, you know, of consciousness when he was a kid, I believe. So these birds are, um, and that was another thing. The day of the hospital, that when they removed that tumor, I guess they killed George. If we're going to go with the, I guess what basically is the theory of this book. Um, the bunch of blackbirds like busted all the windows out, came flying out. It was just crazy. They came flying in, and it was all strange. So there's some kind of connection with the blackbirds. So just put a pin in that and remember that, okay? So Stark goes on this rampage of killing people. This is how the attention is drawn to um, that about this because it's people connected to him. So he just goes after uh, different people. I think uh, what is perceived as responsible for the quote-unquote death of Stark. Um, So he goes after his editor. He goes after his agent. And and the People um, magazine interviewer, um, he just 
starts going after them. And I think he kills all these people. He also kills the guy that was uh, blackmailing him. I think he was one of the first ones to go. And he tortured, he was torturing these people too. I mean, it's just really weird. So um, this gets Alan Pang- Pangborn's attention because he uh, finds that these his voice matches Thad's voice. So George Stark's voice is the same as a fingerprint. Uh, there's like a voice print, basically, as unique as a fingerprint. Also, his fingerprints are there. So even though George Stark is a separate person, he has the same uh, fingerprints, and he has the same voice. And they're all talking about this, this, and that about twins. Like, it's come up a lot. Even twins have this. Even twins have that. And so, um, and of course, they're also trying to contact... Uh, Alan's very smart, and he figures out he needs to contact the doctor about his history, and he has a hard time getting in touch with him. And finally, he finds out at the end, because this guy's like, I mean, he does this, by the way, backpacking throughout, I don't know, the Rockies or the Grand Canyon or something with his wife. I don't even remember. But they do finally track him down, and I was sure that he was going to get killed, but he doesn't get killed, the one person who didn't get killed. But anyway... So, um, so you know, because Thad didn't do it, he had alibis. And by the way, he has two twin babies um, with his wife. And it was like uh, they were, I think they were rainbow babies and everything. is a boy and a girl. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know that he was a twin. So he doesn't know that he, you know, is genetically predisposed to having twins, which would mean that, okay, so technically I believe if you were in the same you're identical twins you would absorb each other right one can absorb the other but i'm pretty sure that if you have two separate uh, embryo sacs which mean fraternal twins like a boy and girl would have to be because obviously a boy and girl cannot be identical twins they would have two sacs um, inside there so they would basically have two placenta sacs and they would not hit they would just be against each other but not like in taking the same and embryonic fluid okay so my point is is that if that is not identical which he's not and he looks nothing like him because he's all tall and big with blonde hair he looks like a different person altogether okay now in the movie he'd be probably the same actor being both parts but i'm just saying he's described as a completely different person it's obvious they're not identical so this would not be possible unless i'm missing i'm not a doctor i'm just saying is this possible for him to actually have had absorbed his twin when they were not identical and did not share the same, therefore did not share the same little um, placenta. Okay, that's just my little box that I have to get on for a second. Um, but anyway, Alan figures something's going up and he tracks down and eventually it's revealed that, yeah, he had a twin. There was a brain surgery um, and some weird thing about the birds crashing everything out. Well, it turns out that these dark birds are uh, carriers to bring... Uh, a person uh, to the other side and when they uh, basically when he removed the part of him that was physically still alive uh, he crossed he should have crossed over but he didn't and he remained spiritually there I guess like a ghost haunting him so I can really find a way to justify what happened because he physically got removed so and of course obviously this is Stephen King so the rules of science and all that fun stuff doesn't play because this is, you know, fiction. So it doesn't really matter. I'm just saying uh, people didn't know things back then. Just like when they say, oh, they swallowed their tongue. They died from swallowing their tongue. 
when having a seizure, we know now you don't swallow your tongue, things like that. I'm just saying. Okay, so George Stark contacts Thad and basically tells him, hey, we are going to get the band back together or I'm going to kill your wife and your kids and do horrible things to them and you're going to watch. In other words, he wants to write again and he wants to completely, he wants, he says, I want one last novel and that novel and then I'll let you off the hook and do what you want. And he has his own apartment. He's interacting with his own people. I mean, he's a physical being, but yet he can transport instantaneously from state to state or location to location. It, I just don't understand unless he's writing. I could say he might be writing the birds, but he's scared of the birds, so I don't think he's necessarily writing the birds, you know, like in and out of the spirit realm. So he's almost a half-being, so maybe that's why he cannot be all the time. Um, when he made the fake grave, when um, Thad made the fake grave, that is what released him into the the physical world that's it doesn't there's just that's what's happening so he's going around he's killing people he's threatening people and he basically lets uh thad know we'll do this last novel and i'll let you off the hook but then thad realizes as the more george takes over the less he exists so they're going to swap places and these birds um which thad doesn't know about the bird not thad sorry George does not know about the birds, but Thad does, so he can perceive them. So he's the dominant, supposed to be there. And it's George that's defying the, the uh, laws of nature. By existing, he exists. So um, they just come into a standoff where uh, Stark has his wife and two children held hostage, and he agrees to write the... Uh, book so he starts writing it and luckily uh, Alan Pangborn shows up and um, helps save the day but before all that happened George not George the other guy Thad Thad goes up to the university where he works as a professor and he talks to one of his friends about what do uh, these black birds mean is very important. So that's when he finds out they're kind of like bringing uh, to and from spirit spirit world. They take things to and from. So he knows that something's up. And when he gets back to his house, there's like an ungodly amount of these blackbirds everywhere. I don't think they're crows. I, I think they may be ravens. Um, and so they're just everywhere. And... They're sitting on all the the light the uh, light poles and the electric wires. When they used to have those, a lot of people don't have those like they used to anymore. So there you go. So they're just all sitting there, and there's like a final standoff um, between George and Thad. Now, one thing he did, Thad, while he was at the office, he grabbed a bird call. I believe he got that at, from his friends, so he had got a bird call. And so he takes this bird call, and he calls the birds to come, and they take over. Basically, they just tear Stark's body apart, and that's pretty much it. And so the book ends kind of abruptly, like, yeah, he's free from this thing. He saved his life. His wife and children are okay, but 
it kind of ends on this weird note about now Alan's wor- worried about whether or not did he Thad create this alter ego himself as it's an alternate personality, like a split personality, and whether his wife can forgive him and live with him. She said it throughout the book that she knew he was something was different about him and that she treated him like a different person when he was writing as Stark. She didn't like him. He gave it the creeps. But now that she's physically seen this, will their marriage last? Well, I mean, that's kind of a strange note to end it on. <laughs> but that's how the book ends with with uh, Alan being worried about them. You know, Alan's Mr. Smarty Pants. But um, anyway... Yeah, that's how it ends. So we're going to check out the movie and see if it sucks as much as this book does. I do not recommend you uh, read this book um, unless you really are just such a good Alan guy. You just love Alan. You want to see more of him. He's not in the book enough. I thought it would have some more backstory. Basically, he's just playing detective the whole time. He's being a little bit of a hard ass and being a little weird. Um, His personality, his sweetness and his coolness and his smoothness doesn't... His gracefulness, none of that is in this book. That was uh, fleshed out in the Needful Things book. But I'm just saying it's pretty interesting, you know, to go through and see Alan in a different element. But it's not enough, in my opinion, to suffer such a kind of tedious and annoying book. But there you go. So that is The Dark Half book by Stephen King. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Hey guys, I'm so excited to announce that I finally got my uh, crapola together and I'm starting to do my other podcast, which is called No One Wants to Read My Book. This will be me reading basically one of my unpublished or self-published books. So check it out and see why no one wants to read my books, okay? Thanks, bye.